It's been a lot going on. I'm not talking about every man threatening my life. And I feel like I had to just talk about it, you know? Use my voice. Things just ain't fair, but will it ever be? I'm not in a prison, but I ain't free. The skin that I'm in puts me in between. I'm labeled a criminal, cause I'm a young black individual. Oh, I hate that I'm scared to walk down the street with nobody there but an officer. He might say he fears me just so he can kill me. If nobody hears me, they'll never know. It's crazy that this what it's coming to. I'm supposed to feel safe when in front of you. But I just don't know what you're gonna do Especially when you have a gun or two Oh no, no, no This feels like a war We want justice We want justice We want justice We want police officers to be held accountable for killing We want justice Justice. No justice, no peace. Yeah, say his name, say her name, say them all now. Sean Bell, Trayvon, Amar running on the route. Breonna Taylor was killed being in the house, and Anton Black, he was killed right outside of it. I'm tired of it. How many of us are you gonna try to get? George Floyd, Eric Garner, why the f you take a father? Why the f you make it harder? Why the f don't even bother? You gonna say you follow orders? How the f it lead to slaughter? I'm done with it. I don't understand. How could you sit back and watch your partner kill a man? Maybe you ain't touching, but that blood is on your hands. Cause when you doing nothing, we go down this road again. We gotta make a change. It's been too many names. Wish you were me and I were you so you could feel the pain. The pain of the families, pain of the mothers. I'ma do the yellow women killing all the others. You can quickly count you out, man, but just so strict don't count me. You know? One thing about old Floyd, man, I love the word. We want justice. We want justice. We want justice. We need it right now. We want justice. Welcome to another episode of Trials yo, and yo, Meditations, yo, yo, yo. Conversation of the First Generation, Y2K. I am your co-host, Damon S. Trent, and the S stands for Savage. And this is Kim Ness, a.k.a. the Better Kim of the Kims, reporting live from the backwoods in North Carolina. If you like what you've been hearing on this podcast, we invite you to go share it with your friends. And tell us what you thought about it. Leave a you know, message. Everything, leave is a love, everything is love. You know, Kim, well, what's going on? Stay out the way. What's good with you? You know, just, you know, grinding, cooking something up. You know, I was listening to that song uh, by... Uh, yeah, Kaisan, Kai, K-Fox. Is, if I pronounce his name, is yeah, Kaisan. K-Fox. K-Fox, right, right, right. Um, we Want Justice. 
Um, what would you think about I that song? Was, I thought because I thought it was really, really. I thought it was really inspirational and for I think a brother really that's young. The you know what I mean? Right, right now, um, you know, it, what it made me do was actually go back and look at some of the right. cases, and I actually took a closer look at the Brianna Taylor case, which was bananas. And if anybody is is not familiar with the Brianna Taylor, I invite you to go crazy take a look at the story. Yeah, I mean, there's no way around that one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, people try to give excuses. Every excuse is under the book. Like, oh, well, why did you resist? And why house. didn't you do right. this? And like, they sleep in the house. But you know, fast. I you think uh, we've had some great conversations, and that we've done a good job. Absolutely. You know, speaking to people on on, on the podcast here. But I, I think that our conversations have been one sided. And when I say one-sided, I, I mean, for the most part, our experiences right. were pretty much the same in how, in how we saw things, right? Today, though, mm-hmm. I, I, we brought someone who's going to speak to you guys whose experience, I believe, was totally different than ours. And they experienced things on a whole other level than we could even fathom. Okay. Well, today on the show... Okay, so who, who we, we have, have on the show today guest. with us? My friend... Your friend, with a twist on the tra- traditional, we have uh, Miss Naima Leonard. Let's give Naima Leonard a round of applause. Thank you. That was a wonderful uh, introduction. <laughs> now, Naima, did, did you see what I did there? I I did. Yes. <laughs> you, you, you did see what I did there. I, I'm glad you saw what I did there uh, because uh, I thought I thought that was pretty cool. Yes, I appreciate right? you for that. And, and so, and so it's, it's funny because Chemnitz has no idea what I'm talking about. Correct. This, <laughs> you know, sometimes I get lost in the sauce. And, and so, old age is kicking in. Uh, and so, what I, I mean, did was Alzheimer's runs in the family. What is going on on my end? <laughs> Woo! We're not. We don't. We don't subscribe to that. <laughs> age is just in a belief in the mind. <laughs> no, I'm. I'm just joking. Trust me. Right. Absolutely. Well, as we just as feel that young. young. You look that young. I, I just want to. I want to point that out. I just absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you do. Thank you. No, no, you thank do you for coming on young. today. So, so fast. What I actually did there was actually an introduction and a segue. I don't even know mm-hmm. if they have a name for that type of dialogue. Mm-hmm. It, it was, and it probably it was, went over it a lot was of smooth. Head, I pre- right? It was smooth. Don't because worry. Was a twist on the traditional. It actually describes this young lady uh pretty pretty accurately, right? It does. It does. Uh, but that is actually the slogan for the company that she works for. How <laughs> how how awesome is that? Ah, uh, I don't know about all of that. Look at you, you're a genius. I just do a little research here. So so Naima, Miss Leonard, would you talk to us about uh, some of the work that you actually do uh, for Remy there? Uh, yeah. Um, I, I don't know that I would say it's like their official slogan, but I think um, definitely what I bring uh, to the table at Remy um, is some unique skills. Um, I'm not a traditional marketer. Um, I'm, I didn't go to school for marketing, so I kind of just carved out my own space um, at the company after starting. So I've been there for like 10 years. Um, I started there in human resources and corporate communications. And then I was just like, this is not it. And the company gave me the opportunity to sort of carve out my own space. Um, And I went into marketing, but again, as I said, I'm not a traditional marketer. Um, I basically manage the cultural 
diversity and also um, cultural lifestyle marketing across the board for, for the Remy Martin portfolio. So all the fun stuff, events, celebrity relationships, uh, you name it, I'm doing it. Wow, um, that's, that's dope. Yeah, and recently I've taken on sort of a new role with the, um, with I guess you can say the uh, elevation of a humanitarian crisis that we've all been dealing with as uh, Black people, which is now being called Black Lives Matter, but that's been a humanitarian crisis for uh, 500 plus years. Um, I have also taken on the role internally leading not only a crisis management team, but also leading the appointment of the first ever mm. diversity um, group that will be forming very shortly um, within Remy to sort of help the company navigate mm. these very uncharted territories, which is uncharted for all of us. This is fast. So, so that's interesting. So, you know, we talked about that um, before, and I'm going to ask you a question. Separate yourself from the company for a <laughs> second, right? Um, how do you feel about these companies? Like what you're saying, you're, you're now focused on a diversity group and what have But how do you feel about these companies now being brought into the forefront of this crisis like with with funding well, and like so what i will how, say how do you feel um, about that and it's um what i will say about that is also my outlook on this whole scenario is a lot different than i think maybe some other people that you might talk to who are working at big companies um and this was like another part of the story mm -hmm. that <laughs> kemar kind of introduced but we, we and you and i didn't get a chance to talk so also, besides me working at Remy, I'm also a minister. Um, I've been a minister now for two years, specifically wow. in the interfaith um, uh, spiritual realm, which is uh, the study of the major religions, the fastest growing religions on this planet. So for me, I approach everything from a spiritual perspective. This movement that we're now having is a long time coming. It's not just a black movement. It's not just a white movement. Uh -huh. It's a human movement. And we're in, in a part of time. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and what we're eventually going to get to, which is how we grew up. When we were growing up, that was the time for it to be a black or a white movement. And I would even say maybe even to the respect of our parents, right? They went through the civil rights movement. That was very much a black and or a white movement, meaning that some group of people, white people, needed to take responsibility for their contribution to the systematic destruction of a whole nother group of people. But they were never held responsible and then they right. had children and their children haven't been held responsible. But as time moves on, people forget things. Things are lost in translation. So mm -hmm. when it comes to now these companies being held responsible for me personally, I'm just going to speak for me, for me personally, I believe that in order for us to be successful on this planet, from where we are right now in this moment, we need to be able to work together and find a common ground through which we can talk about 
how we speak to one another, how we treat one another, and above all of that, how we treat ourselves, right? Because it starts with us as individuals. We don't take care of ourselves. We don't take care of ourselves. Thus, we don't know how to take care of other people. That's why you have this person in the White House and Mm -hmm. all of his band of minions. This is why you have certain things going on in this world is because we haven't given the necessary energy to ourselves and how we treat our, our vessels, right? Which is very much what was taught to us when we were growing up is how you treat your body, how you treat your mind, how you treat your spirit. So humanity has gone for such a long period of time not treating itself correctly that now we don't even know how to treat others. So we don't know how to speak to one another. We don't know how to hear one another. We don't know how to listen to one another. Not judge one another or to give each other the space in which to, in which to grow or even to learn. Um, So when it comes to, and to answer, Mm. that was like a long way of answering that question. But when it comes to, I think companies right now, it's not only about companies. It's also about just other people that, you know, you might have white friends who are like asking you for advice. Um, right. There, what I have found is that there are a lot of black people who are just like, yo, I don't want to be responsible for teaching you shit. You, you got a smartphone. <laughs> you got a degree. Right. Educate your damn self. So you think it's a time where everybody and I, I needs believe, to be genuine with each I other? Believe, you know, whether it be companies that we have a duty, donating money. We, and when or, I say we, I mean black people. We have a duty to teach other people what they don't know. You as a black man, a, another white mm. man is not going to know your experience. And and let me let me let me back up. Let me put this in a great perspective. Do you know what the experience is of a man who's where, who's living in Yemen? Do you know what his experience is? Like, do you know what he eats on a day-to-day basis? Can you no. tell me what he eats? Absolutely right. not. Right. Because we don't know no. what we don't know. And until you sit down with a man from Yemen and ask him, what do you eat? What are your experiences in this world? What... What, what, what is it like when you're a, a man from mm-hmm. Yemen living in America? What is that experience like for you? Until you have those conversations, mm-hmm. you don't know what the experience of a man in Yemen is about. So why would a white man know a black man's experience living in America? Why would they know that? Besides what's played out in the media, mm-hmm. which, by the way, the media is is portraying the black man as something i mean what we learned this week is like it's less than a black man is less than a a wild animal so we we tell people go and look it up on google go and go and go and read a book but if they don't know where to go they're going to be left to make up their own decisions and why would we want somebody to make up their own decisions about our experience for 500 years. Why won't we own those stories? Why Mm. won't we tell those stories? I'm gonna tell y'all what I did. I volunteered to start this experience at Remy. 
part of that experience was we're going to launch this experience on Juneteenth and we're going to educate our fellow employees on what Juneteenth is, but also why does cognac play such a large role in the black community? Most black people who drink cognac don't understand why cognac even came into our community in the first place. So while well, I, I would have to like mm, so speak on stuff, it. but the, the, the short story, the short okay. story is Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Do that. Do that. During, during World War I and World War II, when we were not able to fight in our own war, like meaning in the U.S., right? Because right. during that time, we were experiencing not only slavery, but just coming out of slavery and racism, right? So we were not respected as soldiers in those wars. But World War I specifically, we were shipped over to France. When France needed soldiers, we were shipped over to France and the black soldiers who fought in that war in World War I were instrumental in bringing back cognac to the black community here in America. And people don't know that. People, don't, people have, have lost track of history not only people, but black people. We don't know our history. They don't know the history. Okay. So when we were over there, when we were over there, when we, when we won the war, when the war was won, the French celebrated with cognac, but because the soldiers, the black soldiers were instrumental in us winning the war, meaning they were a part of the, the, their ability to be able to win the war, the French soldiers allowed the black soldiers to celebrate with them. What were they celebrating with? Cognac. So the black soldiers in, in those cognac. moments were like, knowing that this is a high spirit, it's a, it's a luxury spirit, they took that spirit back to a country that did not see them as equals. And, and let me be clear, I'm not saying that the French saw them as equals, right? Because the French have their own level right, of right. racism and, 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 and systematic um, uh, breakdowns of their own communities, right? We're not talking about that. They were allowed to celebrate. They brought that experience back to a country where the biggest spirit being drank in this country was whiskey. Whiskey was owned by some of the most racist Confederate people down south, backwoods. Right, down did, south, who, backwoods. Who saw us as animals. So why would we drink whiskey? Here now we have this brown spirit brought back from France where they allowed us to actually celebrate, where in many ways they also allowed our artists to come over and express themselves artistically when they were not allowed to do that here. And I'll leave that there because there's just a whole story and we'll we'll get on a tangent and we'll need a whole nother podcast. No, we can do we can do like a, a, a part one, two, and three on that because that's that's dope. I didn't even realize uh the history on the cognac and yeah. ironically yeah. you re- you ready for the best part mm-hmm. i got some in my cup right now so that's awesome <laughs> that's what i like to hear let's give it a clap up for the cognac let's give it a, let's give it a clap up for brother i like to hear that you support the industry i, I am so so here's another thing that i'm going to do I, I like to support us <laughs> and so from now on <laughs> a- after i finish this bottle let me let me make that perfectly right. <laughs> Right, right. After I right, finish right, right. this one, I'm, I'm going to move to the Remy, right? Because yeah, this is what I did. I'm going to tell you guys a story. And that's what I do on this podcast is I tell stories. One year, all right, so after Belly came out, right, I thought I was Method Man. 
<laughs> and not Method Man the rapper, right? <laughs> Method Man from Belly. You know Method Man when he was in Belly? Yes. So Method Man in yeah. state to state, you know what I'm saying? Right? I, rose so from state I really to state. identify with that character. And in the movie, oh it's a scene where this character drinks a fifth of Remy. Like he's just the black bottle. He's just sitting in the barbershop just chilling. The black bottle. I say, yo, that's dope. Yeah, that's I remember. Yeah. <clears throat> Listen, yeah, every time one we went year, out, the twins had a, to go uh, get. Uh, a New Year's party. And I decided that that party, I was going to drink the whole bottle to the face. That's amazing. That's not amazing because I don't even know how <laughs> I made it home that we night. We support responsible Woo, drinking. Yeah, it was. <laughs> And that was definitely irresponsible. At the time. irresponsible. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. But listen though. <laughs> so so Well, I do want to go back to what I what I was originally talking about, which is what I'm doing at Rent. Okay. So what we did was actually launch the diversity. We launched these diversity efforts, the start of our diversity efforts on Juneteenth. And what I was able to do, you know, I was on a meeting with for my colleagues and we were like what are we going to call this this launch like we can't call it a happy hour because we do a lot of happy hours we can't call it a happy hour that's not respectful and one of my colleagues was like hey what if we call it libations and learning mm. and i said oh my god that's genius and here's why it's genius because do you guys know about the history of libation and of course nobody knew and I said, this is the history of libation. And this is why this is going to work. This is why we are on the right path. Because the history of libation in this world, not just in this country, but in this world, people now know libation as you're drinking, right? Kemwa's got some libations that he's enjoying in his cup right now, right? Cool. Maybe Kimwa mm. might have poured one out for a homie or an ancestor before he, before he drank that. I'm not saying he did that, but I'm just saying. Right, that's what goes on in our communities, specifically African American and Hispanic communities. Right, but we don't understand mm. why we do that. That experience was brought over with the black slaves, with the African slaves, when they were taken against their will from their villages in Africa and brought over here to America. They brought with them the art of acknowledging the ancestors through a libation. Wow. And so I had the pleasure mm. of curating the history of libation for Remy and then pouring libation live for our entire company. Wow. Wow. That's dope. And that is the type That's of work deep. that we need to be doing with not only these companies, but also with people between friends. Mm. We need to be able to, to, to make the space to own our stories. These are our stories. They are ours mm. to tell. They are ours to teach. Yes, people can look them up on Google um, and people can read a book, but will they understand it? That's not how human beings understand things. Human beings need to talk to one another, to exchange ideas, to teach and to leave space for learning. Facts. And so that's how I feel about these companies being now held responsible. It's a long time coming, but if we're not, if we are not 
willing mm. to leave, carve out a certain space for our fellow human beings. Because, by the way, I don't know if people got, I think people got the game fucked up, right? We live on planet Earth. We live on planet Earth, and planet Earth just got affected by a pandemic. That pandemic didn't say, oh, you know what? Mm. I'm going to go over here to these black people and I'm only going to touch black people. It didn't do that. Correct. We live on a planet together. If we don't figure out how to work together, we will perish together. I didn't say that. Those are not my words. Those are Martin Luther King's words. And I'll just leave that right there. Go ahead. That's facts. <laughs> so listen, though, when you were talking about uh, actually putting no, that's, that's deep. Uh, for for your company, right? Yes. Did, did you mean like actual libation as as we know it, and and if so, like how was that received by by the executives? Is really what my question is. Yeah, so I'm I'm again so like you know it's about how you serve a lesson up, right? Um, what I remember, um, the best teacher I ever had in my entire life was your mother, Kemwa, um, and also your mother, Kemness. Um, both of your mothers were probably the best teachers. There's a third one. I know I won't name her name. Go ahead, no, no. Third one. You, it's okay. We'll, 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 we'll take the hit on this one. Uh, no, no, no. I mean, there's just three major teachers that really impacted my life specifically when it came to how you serve things up. Right. So we want to know who your, the third one is. The third one is, um, um, uh, oh God, she changed her name. Um, from Brevoit. Uh, just say whatever name you remember and that's fine. I have her face. Muda Kulimstu. Uh, Muda Kulimstu. Yes. Muda Kulimstu. Yes. Yes. Um, and those teachers were amazing teachers. Mutmoy, too. I got to put her in there. Um, um, those teachers were amazing teachers because when they encountered a student that didn't understand the language that they were speaking in the moment, they were able to course correct and figure out another way to serve it up. Mm. And that was instrumental for someone like me because I wasn't speaking the same language as everybody else. I did not understand things the same way that everybody else understood things when we were in school. And so those were the teachers that really invested time with me and got me to understand that it's the way that you serve things up. So going back to the libation, I at first, um, there is a, a, another friend and colleague that works with me she is a Brazilian priestess. Um, uh, I asked her to actually come on board so that we could do something together. Um, but then she, we both wound up agreeing that it should be something that I do and that I fashion for the message that needs to be heard in the moment. And, and that's what I did. So she, we wound up not doing something that was traditionally, culturally, connected meaning you know you didn't hear the ashes and the and the and and the rocks and mm-hmm. all that we didn't we didn't bring all of that into it because it would not have reached the audience right it it, it would have went, went over their over heads anyway their heads in, some in some way yes and so i did a very um i did a very simple um sort of history, brief history of libation in the country. Um, you know, how we have assimilated mm. it, assimilated it into our culture in modern day um, society, meaning like when you go into 
the black and Hispanic communities, you see us pour one out for the homies. But but a lot of people don't realize why they even do that. So I went through that. I went through that history, um, mm. and then I and then I did a, a I guess you could call it a prayer incantation libation. Um, I poured it with about a half a glass of Remy XO. And the reason I chose that is because that's like the top of the portfolio. It's a symbol of excellence and opulence. And I knew that mm. I did it, but <laughs> so I poured I, out I some of it. the expensive stuff. I did it in honor of the answer. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you word for word what I said, what I said to 300 employees. Absolutely. Um, the reason I chose that spirit is because I know for sure that the ancestors that we were acknowledging on Juneteenth would have never had the honor of experiencing that fine spirit at all. Mm. They never would have been invited to the master's slave table, to the master's table, you know, as a slave to, to, to enjoy that spirit. They never would have sat down and had a conversation with the master over that spirit. That never would have happened. Um, so I chose that spirit and, and I'll read to you. Would you like to hear the libation? So I said, Absolutely. in honor of the slaves, that lost their lives in the Middle Passage, those who lost their lives during slavery and the fight for freedom, and those who survived, we pour libation to you in honor of your brave spirit. Thank you to you all who risked your lives during the abolitionist movement to bring an end to African-American bondage in America. Ancestors like Sojourner Truth, Francis Ellen Watkins Harper, Lewis Hayden, and Harriet Jacobs. And I wanted to name those spirits because those are spirits we don't hear often. We hear the same, you know, um, uh, players, right? Um, and then I said, thank you to mm. the self-sacrificing principal Christian white brothers and sisters that helped to create and sustain the Underground Railroad. Ancestors like John Brown, who gave his life, the Grimke sisters, William Lloyd Garrison, and John Hopkins. All these names are just a few of a very long list of bold and courageous Americans who were committed to peace and love. We ask for their continued guidance, strength, and support to help us bring peace, understanding, compassion, and equality for all. And I raised my glass and said, today we honor them. And the reason I mentioned those good Christian brothers and sisters is because the Underground Railroad did not happen without them. Black people in this country had no connections. We were not connected. We did not have, you know, Instagram to, to, to socialize. We did not have connections. You know, we, there were no ditties. There were no Jay-Z's. There was none of that going on during that time. And without those white people, we would not be where we are today. We did that together. Harry Tubman could not have made it on the Underground Railroad without the white people that believed in her cause. And the only reason why they believed in her cause was because of their faith in God. That's it. Their faith in God was what allowed them to open up their homes at the risk of their own lives to harbor other human beings when they were running for their lives. Facts. That's, that's good stuff. Now, um, so how was, was that received? Like, were, were there, it was, was it so emotional? Overwhelming. Okay. Yeah. Very, very overwhelming. Um, I think a lot of people were shocked by it. Um, my executive team, they have been very supportive in everything that we've been wanting to, to do and, inst and institute in, within the company. 
um, I even myself mm-hmm. was surprised, to be honest, in the sense that I was surprised by mm. the overwhelming um, feedback that I received, meaning people were just overwhelmed and overcome with emotion. And they were like, they, they reached out by the droves, like, what can we do? How can we help? We're willing to take direction. We're willing mm-hmm. to admit that we don't know. We're willing to admit that we need to learn. Help us to understand. Help us to learn. And I feel like some of us are going to have to step into that gap and take on those responsibilities of teaching others. It's it's our that's, story. It's our yeah, story. That's, that's, that's like we are responsible for us. Yeah. We are responsible for our stories. Right. And and I know the people who say, oh, well, I, we didn't create these. They did. And I'm like, no, they didn't mm-hmm. actually because right. Susie down the corner, who who's white, who's blonde, who's 18, she didn't create this. So why would Susie, but we're still right. experiencing it. But we're it. still exactly. experiencing it. Exactly. Right. She has no clue. So she has no clue. And, and like, of there's what's going um... on. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it's, it's really good that you speak about that um, because, you know, that really makes me look at it in a different way. And, and everything that you just said, you know, because I kind of, you know, had the feeling and the emotion that, you know, that these companies were really just, you know, doing this out of financial reasons. Yeah, One, a, they it's are a in some ways, but reasons. the way that you can, right, but the way that you can flip the script is to do exactly how you're doing. If you're inside these companies, you're a black person, a black man, a black woman, Yes. you know, you have to take charge exactly. and give them the real about it and show them how they can make a difference with their money. You know, how they can make a difference in the communities, not just you know, you work there and, you know, oh, they're going to donate money exactly. or say they're going to do and this. You, and you just you sit, sit back, back you collect and the collect check the check. And you, criticize. you have to do, do so the work. For all of the time that you were sitting in that company, exactly. you wanted to have a face. You wanted to be recognized. Well, now the universe mm. has given us that opportunity. Mm. Is the time. So now either you were That's serious right. or you were bullshit. That's right. Right, right. Exactly. Or you were just comfortable exactly. enough so to get your I check. I feel like that is. No, and, you're and right. You're 100. percent White people have responsibilities too, and and actually everybody on this planet has responsibilities. And I am in no way saying that we should be walking people to the trough to drink the water, and then putting their face in the water and scooping the water right, into their right. mouth. No, hell no. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. And everybody is an adult. Everybody is capable. You know what I mean? So people do need to take responsibility for educating themselves and and taking uh, responsibility for mm-hmm. their actions and how they think about things. I'm not going to micromanage people's feelings. But at the same time, mm-hmm. since this is our story and our experience, we need to be able to control the narrative mm-hmm. of that so that others who don't know, mm-hmm. like, it's like, why would... Exactly. It's like the exactly. world is giving us the floor. Exactly. We've got the floor. <laughs> the world is now, giving you the floor. Now speak. This? What are we going to do with it? Exactly. We've been we've been, begging, we've been, we've been whining we've been and crying about it for, it for all these years. years. And now we have this space. Right. Is it going to be easy? No. Because there are there are 
No, and it's right, going to take right, time. Right. And let me tell you And it's going to take time. So that was one of the things that I said in my, and I didn't read you the whole presentation, but that was one of the things that I said in my presentation was it took about, I'm going to say roughly 600 years. And the reason why I'm putting on that extra hundred is because that hundred before slavery started was the thought process. The thought processes were being solidified mm. to make room for this 500 mm. years of slavery that we that we've experienced. So for those 600 mm -hmm. years, it took 600 years for us to get here. Okay, for us to get here. It is it may mm -hmm. take 600 years for us to fucking figure it out. Mhm. Mm so when exactly are we right, right, start right, to right. figure it out? Cuz now we're we're supposedly we're the smartest beings right. on the planet right we're the smartest beings on the planet but let me show you how smart we are okay this is how smart human beings are here's a picture a bunch of human beings sitting on a beach okay on this beach there's they're they're barbecuing they're drinking they're eating they're socializing they're enjoying themselves also there's a bunch of animals on this beach there are birds might be some pigs a few chickens you name it, the animals are there, they're chilling, they're doing their thing on the beach. All of a sudden, all the animals get up and leave. They just leave, right? right. We don't know where they went. They just leave. Humans are still sitting there like wondering, why, why the animals leave? Like, I don't know why the animals leave. The humans look forward and they see the whole entire ocean emptying out, but they still sit there. They still sit there wondering what was going on. And by the time they figure it out, that tsunami has already washed them down the river. Animals are clued in in a way that human beings are not. And that is the connection that we have lost on this planet. <laughs> we, we have lost That's that connection. Crazy. We got right. smartphones. We, <laughs> we got dumb. the internet. We got books. We got degrees. But in, in, in put us in mother nature bald and naked right. and we can't figure it out we don't and we cannot figure it out our senses are so dulled out that we have lost that connection to the very planet that we live on wow you know that's that's interesting that you bring that up i was uh reading a book i don't know if you read this book who moved my cheese yes. uh and it's uh it's, it's it's ironic or i guess it's coincidental that the characters in that book are two little people and two mice mm -hmm. uh, so I, I, yeah. I you know I, I just happen to be reading that book right now so it made a lot of sense to me uh yeah. what you were saying breaking down about the animals but what we're gonna do right yeah. here though guys we're gonna take a, mm -hmm. a quick break and listen to our sponsor we'll be right back after these messages mm -hmm. okay 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 welcome back uh we're still here chopping it up with uh miss naima leonard who is actually putting a twist on the traditional Fast you up on it now? <laughs> okay, okay. And we're still here chopping it up. And, and we've been Absolutely. talking uh, for a while. And we really <laughs> got into some depth. I've been practicing that word, too. Um, <laughs> uh, how we can, of how Miss Leonard has been operating in the corporate world, right? And some of you guys out there might be listening, may not be familiar with who Miss Leonard is, right? And so on this podcast, Naima, if I talk about my time in a society, yes. right, I'm always going to be Kemwa Mendaku, Walters, right. Walters, right? Right. 
Uh, let's, yeah. uh, and Kemnes is going to be Kemnes Oksebe. He doesn't have a second last name. I, I got that distinction. I got, I got, I got, you know, I'm Walters and Trent, but that's another story. Um, but so if you want to talk about your time in the society, did you have another name? And if so, would you like to tell the people about that? Um, <laughs> he put me on the spot. Me the spot. That's fine. See, I told him I got answers. I got answers. So what I would say is that no, I did not have any other names. Uh, my name is Naima. However, <laughs> however, 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 um, very much like what um, I guess farmers do to uh, the animals living on their farm. I was, I was, it was a uh, names were imposed upon me um, when spiritually I did not identify, um, and and that was like that. There was like a whole like, mm. I guess. Um, uh, mental and spiritual, emotional moments when it came to to that situation because I I didn't want to disappoint my parents, but I also didn't want to disappoint myself, and I felt that mm. by taking on these names. So, like in the beginning, when the name was given to me, so I had I had two names that were given to me. Okay, but before you, yes, yeah, please talk about the name so that people can know the, who you the, are. The first name. The first name that was given to me, I accepted it, and I was just like, okay, cool. But then in the, in the dark of the night, when I was left to only be with me and my soul, my soul was like, if you don't get your shit together right the fuck now, it's going to be a wrap. And so then I went back to my parents. I went back to my mom. I was like, I can't. This is not working out. And then my mama said, cool, I'll get you another name. And then I got a second name. So that first name, for all those who are wondering, <laughs> was... Menhut Sabunate. Menhut Sabunate. Let's give it up for Menhut Sabunate, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, um, before we go on to the second name, yes, this is a two-part question. Do you know what that, yeah. that name means and who gave you that name? I don't. Okay. And you know what's funny? After you and I um, spoke last, I was like, man, I need to like find out from my parents what that name meant because see I would have to if I knew what it meant it meant that I identified with it mm. and because I didn't identify with it I couldn't even begin to tell you what that mm. name meant facts I can't even can't even begin to tell you I'm like I, I've been thinking really? about it for like a week now and I just so, I called so, my mom my mom was like I have no idea I have no clue So you, so you felt like that from the beginning of when they gave you your name? So, so, you know, we we haven't like caught up and spoke about my experience in the society, but, um, yeah, I mean, no, no, we're going to do it right here. Right, 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 right. We'll (laughs) get into this. We can do it online. We can do it online. I mean, you know, some things we could do offline, but out the majority of it. Go ahead. So like I said to Kimwa, my experience was super positive, um, Ado Surasat. Um, oh, was I not supposed to say the name? Well, it's out there. Um, so at the society, um, the no, no, my no, experience was positive. There were experiences within experiences, but my specific experience was overarching, mm-hmm. very positive, because I was I realized very early on that I was a spiritual being having a human experience. Mm. So what that means is that I was able to differentiate between my 
the experiences that I'm having outside, like my human body is, is experiencing versus what my spirit is actually experiencing and being able to hear my inner voice speak to me and say, that's not for you or yeah, let's do that. That's going to get you where you need to be. Now, now you say that you <clears throat> had that experience uh-huh. young. How, how young is young? Like a teenager? Or younger uh, no, than that. Younger. Wow. Younger. So like my first recollection of I guess um coming into my consciousness, I guess you could say, was second grade. Mm. Um and I was taught by Moot Moy, you know, she was teaching us every every subject, math, English, everything all in one room over at Brevoit. Um and it was me and and should I name names or do I say Robert B. Hauser here? <laughs> oh, for your classmates? You can say your classmates. You can say your classmates. Okay, so my okay, cool. So it was oh, me no, you can name and names. my classmate. It was it was only a class of two, so it was me and Seiki Manalao. Oh um, Brother Seiki Manalao. Michael. I think his name is Michael. Michael Stanislaus. Listen, Michael listen, Stanislaus. listen, listen. Hold on. Let me just stop you for a second. Before you, are we going to get Michael back to Michael Stanislaus. Okay. Well, we're not going to mess up my man Stakey Manalau's name, right? No, Michael no. Stanislaus, DJ SMS. We just want to give you a shout yes. out, brother. Willoughby yes. Avenue. Yes. All right. Now, my bad. Yes. Get, back, get back to what you were saying about the second grade. That's dope that it was yes. only the two of you guys, though. I didn't know that. Yes. It was just the two of us. Um, it was just the two of us. Uh, I believe I rem- I remember, and the only reason why I remember this is because other people in our class, like other other classes that were above us, right? And I don't remember Kimo, if you were there at that time. I don't remember who was above us. I just remember there being kids teasing me about this, saying that I had a major crush on Seiki Manlao. <laughs> I. No, like you know, it's funny. These I'm are sick. some of the things. These are some of the things that I we, spent we all my week now. thinking about. Like, wow, was that real? I don't know if that was real or not. I can't. I can no. neither corroborate nor deny. <laughs> it's okay. It's, it's good. We, we we spoke to brother every brother girl. Supernova. That's amazing. And he said he had a crush yeah. Brother Supernova was on every girl. girl. But listen though, that's amazing. Every, listen though, listen. Um, <laughs> but my earliest recollection was between me and Moot Moy, and 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 Seiki Manalau, who I think may have checked out during this particular course. Um, was her teaching us the oracles? Right. I'm listening how to how to you. use the oracles. Um, and so Moot Moy was the one that uh, showed me, and I say showed me, and I'll explain why in a moment. She showed me the Yiking, how to use the Yiking. However, it was more for me, my experience was that she was actually taking out a tool <clears throat> that I had already seen, that I already knew how to use. Wow. And she was that human being, that spiritual being who was having a human experience, who took out those oracles to remind me, my second grade self, of why I came to this planet and the tools that I would have at my disposal while I live on this planet. Wow. And that was in the second so grade? So now today, that was in the second grade. And now today I'm proficient not only in the Yi King and the Maduna Tear, but I'm also proficient in a total of about 15 Oracle systems wow. that I use in my work, in my, in my, um, in my ministry. That's no, we, now we're going to get to your ministry a little later. But um, yeah. before we move on, right, because you, you spoke of your parents a, a little earlier yeah. and um, 
would you like to tell the people who your parents were? And did you have any brothers and sisters? And would you like to tell the people? Yes. Okay, let's talk about that. Yeah, so my parents are Valerie and John Leonard, but they would have been known back then as, uh, I think it would have been uh, Naranang Nater, so Shechem Naranang Nater at the time, um, and Mudong Krim. And I don't remember what the rest of that name was, yeah, but uh, the, and and then my brother mm, is I remember Dalia that Leonard, but Sikepper, Sikepper is is what he went by back then. And my sister is Chesmeni, who actually wasn't really in the society by the time Chesmeni came. We were already kind of like making our way out of that. Facts, facts. Which, by the way, <laughs> which by the way, <laughs> well, I don't use the word society. I use the word when I. When I tell people my experience, I actually do use the word cult. Okay, I'm listening to you. And the reason I use that is because, again, like I said, my experience, albeit very positive, and we've made lifelong friendships, we've got lifelong relationships, um, we have a brother and a sisterhood that most people on this planet will never understand. Also, there's the spiritual aspects along with the how to take care of yourself, how to take care of your body, how to eat well. Um, all of that was was phenomenal. That was phenomenal. Okay, but but also let's let's talk this about society, this. I'm, I'm glad you brought yeah. that up because yeah, in this society you were not the, like like many societies, right? And this is not unique just to that society. Facts. I'm glad you I said that. I think in any in any religion there is always the opportunity for a cult to grow, depending on how people are using and distributing power. I, um, and I'm not talking about someone particular, right. but in this, the way that I grew up and the way that I saw things from the very young age of in second grade, I was like, I'm a free spirit. I need to think on my own. I need to make my own decisions. I need to be responsible for my contribution to humanity, what my spirit is contributing. In that society, we were not able to freely think for ourselves at all times. And that's why I call it a cult with no disrespect. And I'm not saying it as a negative mm. thing. I'm merely stating, I'm merely stating a fact that's, that. So because, the right, right, right. because you said that exactly. you just stating your thing. The and I, I want to talk about this for a second, right? Because we're going to receive a lot of hate mail on this conversation yeah, right here. I'm sure. I'm sure you know, we're going to get some hate mail, right? And it's, it's cool. Because all our hate mail, listen, we send all our hate mail to Flatbush Avenue anyway. So, so we don't really get it anyway. But the point that I'm making is that people are not going to take this conversation well because, and this is just my opinion, right? And then I'll let you guys expound on it if you want. Because of the negative connotations that they associate with the word cult, right? right. So if there were no negative associations then right. saying that it was a cult people would be fine with but because people think of a cult like as some negative oh I'm just going to kill you voodoo type of thing right then, then people are all upset about it but you know so what I will say to that what <laughs> I will say yeah what I will say what I will say to that is that Jim Jones drink the juice there's negative connotations for the word black I'm going to need people to put on their big people panties mm -hmm. okay and 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 just Right. Except that for me, right. it's a reality for me. I'm not asking you to accept that. That was my, that's my opinion. And because because 
Exactly. Exactly. And and so right. as long as you, we respect you can't one negate another somebody's for each experience. Um, I've had this mean? conversation, by the way, with a bunch of exactly. um, my fellow uh, friends who grew up in the class above me. Right. The, and, wait a second. And wait a second. So, listen. Listen. Listen to me. You listening to me? Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> because I'm. I'm. Uh, I don't care. I'm three <laughs> classes like, yeah. above you. Right? If, right. if we talk about our time in the society, right? Right. So the class of I, I, I have to say I know everybody in the class above me, right? Yeah. I will believe. Mm-hmm. I'm interested. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not gonna name yeah, names. I'm, I'm not. Interested. And the reason I'm not gonna I'm not name names is because I don't know if <laughs> I don't know if that's their experience, and I don't know if they're comfortable talking about that. Right. right. So Robert B. I'm not gonna name. You, my bad. Right. Robert B. Hauser was, was right, telling right. me that that was not his recollection. Like, he was, <laughs> and actually, this one of these people felt very, very strongly, <laughs> felt very, very strongly about me using the word cult. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was like, I mean, I don't, to me, you're associating it with a negative thing because, yes, have many cults gone up in flames? Yes, of course. Correct. They have. But so have many religions. Exactly, exactly. But so have many religions. Exactly. I mean, you can literally churches. say the word black and there's a negative connotation to the word black. You know what I mean? So for me, it's not about the negative connotation. It's about the realities of the situation. Right. So when I ask these people, were you able to eat a Nowalator if you wanted to eat a Nowalator, right? Because that should have been your prerogative. If you wanted to eat an hour later, even though you know it had dye in it, and you know the sugar might kill you eventually, that was your spirit's prerogative to experience that. But there were a lot of things that we were not able to freely do and that, frankly, we were deterred from doing. And... and... Mm -hmm. But I... I mean, you 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 hundred percent right. Like, I, and this is why I appreciate. This is my personal space. Like, this is why I appreciate these conversations. Um, is because, in some ways, for people that didn't or may not have had a great experience, right? Yes, it is a way of some sort of healing to talk Correct. about it with other people who had different experiences. You understand what I'm saying? So that's why because mm-hmm. that's why first generation is so important to first generation. Because we have to be able to talk to each other, share our experiences, laugh at it, cry at it, whatever it may be. Exactly. But to get to the but next listen, level. Exactly. I don't know about you though, Kevin. Of your spirit. I know mm-hmm. that my experience was the same as Miss Leonard's there. I couldn't eat annihilated either. I don't know what y'all did. Right. <laughs> exactly. We, we all, all found, found a way. way. And I, so I'm glad we're but talking found, about eating. But we all found a way to get an out. <laughs> and so, uh, Miss Leonard, uh, do you have any yeah. dietary restrictions over there? Or do you eat uh, meat? Or are you vegan? How does that work out over there for you? Oh, no, no, no. I keep my body. I try to keep my body as pure as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and by pure, let me let me just tell you, if I was a farmer and I owned a farm or not even being a farmer, if I just owned a farm and I had animals on that farm and I can control what they were eating, maybe I might eat an animal. But I cannot control 
that scenario. So I don't eat. Right, right, right. Have you ever eaten? Have I? Yes, I have. Have you ever because eaten? in college. In college? In college, when, when a nigga's broke, okay, being a vegetarian at the year that I was a vegetarian or a vegan <laughs> was not the move. That was not the move for your yeah, pockets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you couldn't afford it. You couldn't afford it. And not only you could couldn't you not afford, afford it. it, but also no one was providing resources. Not like they are today. Right. So, not so like they are today. have you ever eaten the white meat? Right. The other white meat? Meaning. Have you ever eaten pork? What does that mean? You... That, that is such a loaded <laughs> question. Have you ever eaten bacon? He, he, oh, oh he's, gonna, he's just going to ask you okay, so have you ever bacon. And, and... All right. Is bacon... Or is bacon not delicious? <laughs> <laughs> so, bacon is not healthy. No, 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 no. Yeah. Listen, we're not... Bacon is not healthy. No, no, we're not talking about... Not, <laughs> don't, listen, say don't say it. Don't say it. It's a yes or no question. Does it taste good? It's delicious. It tastes good. Absolutely. Listen. I'm yeah, so... yeah, but can that... Oh, my god! You're either a slave don't to agree your taste with buds him. or you run your taste buds. So, and that experience is two different things. So, yeah, if I'm a slave to my taste buds, right. all I can shove in my mouth is bacon. But I don't do that because I run these taste buds over here. Facts. Now, so, now Ms. Leonard, so, you right. must understand, I don't eat, I don't eat pork at all. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't. Right. But bacon is delicious. And I've been trying to prove that. I've been trying to prove that since we started. <laughs> now, so, so, so for those that know me really well, you know that I am a chef. I grew up in a home where... We always cooked, but also my grandmother was a professional chef. So I took on a lot of um, her, her techniques. Um, and so I have explored the world through a culinary lens. Oh, wow. Um, but but, but oh. for me personally, so with, where I am right now. You said Labor Day um, barbecue at your house? Okay, okay. <laughs> put, put it on the calendar. Sure. Why not? No, but I, I want to switch gears for a second because... <laughs> keep talking about your parents and this is a perfect opportunity for me guys to share something with you but we're going to get to that in a second right because yeah. i i want to talk about something for a second and i want to know if chemness knows this as well because you were probably like one of the first people that i knew to experience this well not the first the second but this experience what i want to talk about right no, because it was somebody else that... He's laughing, which means it must be a hell of a... <laughs> he, don't, he don't have no idea, right? I don't know what he's about to say. Because, so. trust me, uh, I'm I know on the edge just like you are every week. Your experience was a little different in, in the sense that you had uh, an aunt that was close in age to you. Yeah. Right? And so I, yes. I want to talk about that because we've, we've never talked about that. So are, are you guys close and... You know, I don't know if people. Are... Um, no, I mean we're not close. We still keep in touch. She lives here in New York. Okay. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I mean we're not we're not close. I think um, people go in different directions. Life takes you in different directions. Um, was that a crazy yeah. experience though? Because you guys were so close in age, like, and I, I would imagine if it was me, right? Like, like mm-hmm. if my uncle was that close to eight, he could never tell me what to do. Like you can't never, you can't never be like, yo, go over. Nah, be, get out of here, right? Was, was did you have that? That's what I'm asking. Really. Was that the experience or what? Yeah, I mean, I I'm not obviously I'm not gonna like shout out my mom's family business, but um, I would say that the reason why we didn't have that dynamic was because growing up, my grandmother 
always kind of like had us together. So it was more like mm. we probably related more to one another. Sister. Sisters. Got you, got you. Yeah. And instead of like aunt to niece gotcha, kind gotcha. of thing, even though she called me her niece and I called her my aunt. Um, and, and we've, I mean, we've spoken over the years from time to time as she's moved around the world, I've moved around the world. Um, and I think we still speak to each other like that. You know, it's not, it's not like, oh, that's my, that's my little niece or that's my, it's, it's not really like that. That's what's up. Is, is, um, is it like that for your daughter? And I'm, I'll probably jump the gun. My daughter doesn't really, no, no, no. Wait, what do you mean? Sorry. My, meaning my daughter to my sister? Yes. No, not to your sister. Oh, no, yeah. Not to your sister. To your aunt. Like, is do are are they close? Oh no, no, no. They're not close. Got you. Got that's, you. That's that's just that's a side of the family that we're just. I understood, don't know. Understood. I don't, we're just not close. Yeah. Understood. We're just not but close. your daughter and your sister are close. Yes. 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 And yes, and, very much so. And they're like sisters nice. in many ways. Even though Chesmeni is always uh, saying that she wants and Hetty to put some respect on her name. And, <laughs> Call her auntie. I gotta shout that out for Chesmeni because Chesmeni really wants that to happen. And I, I understand. That's funny. But, you know, things are the way they are. That's what's up. So, when we grew up, like, so when I first moved to Brooklyn, because I came from the South Bronx, shout out to the South Bronx, and we moved to, mm-hmm. to Willoughby Avenue, right? Yes. And my address at Willoughby Avenue was 615 Willoughby Avenue. And mine was 598. 598, which was just across the street. Right? Correct. And so I'm, I'm going to tell you something that you probably don't know is I used to love mm-hmm. coming to your house. Listen to what I'm telling you. Didn't know that. When, <laughs> when we first moved to Brooklyn, <laughs> Didn't I know that. right? I love coming to your house because at my house. Dude, I don't, I don't even remember you coming to my house. Oh, listen, you're not listening to what I'm telling you. I was at your house <laughs> almost every day. You, you, what? You listening? <laughs> when we first moved to Brooklyn, I'm telling you, right? Because mm-hmm. we first moved to Brooklyn, we only had one television set. In our house, <laughs> oh my god! Right, and I wasn't really allowed to go a lot of places <laughs> by myself, but I could definitely go to your house. You listening? Right, right. I'm listening. And at your house, y'all had about y'all was like rich to me because y'all had about three, three or four televisions, three TVs, right? Yes. And y'all had just one television. Your tough would be like, "Yo, come on, you can watch whatever you want to watch on that TV. I can watch whatever." I was over there every day. <laughs> Hilarious. Let, let's watch whatever that I wanted to watch. So and your parents never bothered me or anything. They didn't. They was like, yo, just yeah. watch it. You just how you work it every day. Right. I love coming over there. But Oh, that's amazing. So, But I understand that we, Kemnes and I talk about this a lot, how we're close. And, I, and when I say mm. us, I mean all of us that grew up. Yeah. Because you would be included in that group. But mm-hmm. some of us are closer than others. Right. Yes. Like if mm-hmm. I if I talk about who your crew would be from from the time of the society, I I would have to say that you guys would be the Willoughby Avenue crew. Yes. Right. Like so. Yeah. All of the people that over there. So um, Willoughby Ave. Are you guys close? Because Kevin, that's and so we got a crew too, right? Mm-hmm. And I, not that we excluded anybody, but each other. <laughs> right. Just we so my question to you is this later on Willoughby after Avenue crew like guys school. closer because you grew up on Willoughby or is it because you experienced life outside of the society together? 
I think, honestly, I think at least for us, and I don't know how the, the rest of the crew would feel, but I think it's also a spiritual thing. Okay. So it's those two things that you, that you, um, that you. She went out because I'm still here. Oh, yeah. There you I, go. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know what happened. Hello. Um, just a... technical difficulties. Um, just when I was about now. to spill the beans. There you go. <laughs> spill it, spill it. No, on Robert B. Houser, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think... Spill the beans on Robert B. It's those two things that no, you're doing, but I think it's also a spiritual thing. Um, I think like-minded spirits and energies gravitate towards one another. Um, people, I think, are close, not only because of the experience in the society and where people were living, the proximity of where people were living, but also that we did keep in touch and we still maintain relationships outside of the society. Um, but it's also that spiritual level. It's just like, yo, my spirit fucks with your spirit. <laughs> you know what that's I mean? Dope. And it, I just... You, you know what's even doper, though? Because you, you did say this earlier that you were a minister. Yes. And, uh, and, and I, anyone listening could tell that, that you're spiritual in what it is that you do, mm-hmm. right? But I think it's dope. That you up here on this show cursing like a sailor. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's give it up. Let's just give it up for cursing like a sailor. So it's so interesting because, like, you know, lately when I tell people, I guess they don't take it seriously or whatever until they see me doing my work. And I, I mean, honestly, like, I grew up in a home where my grandmother was also a staple within the home. But my grandmother also had a foul mouth. But her cuss words were so well placed that you got it. Now I yeah. you know, I know the whole like I read the Malcolm X biography. They were meaningful. The movie, seen all the all the films, you know, where people say, "Oh, if you're cussing, it's because you lack the intelligence to put a word there." But that is a word. Fuck is a word, and a well placed fuck, excuse me, is is meaningful. Right, and it does have a meaning. It it sometimes is exactly. Necessary. It sometimes is necessary. So it's necessary. Yeah, that's my sometimes. that again my own personal journey. You don't got to no, go I, on it because it's mine. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I love it. <laughs> exactly. I, That's I mean, right. I appreciate and Kim that. Wood, that, that I can he relate would to navigate it. towards but, that anyway. <laughs> yes. I, over I, the years, I can I've enjoy a foul mouth uh, young lady any day. So this is me <laughs> toning it down. And I, I will. Yeah. Yeah, no, okay. it works so well. Like it's it's that it's that right. genuine oh, wow. balance. You understand what I'm saying? Like I don't trust people oh, that, that don't curse. You know what I mean? Right. Like because you like because you're trying too hard. You know what I mean? You're trying too hard to be good. Yeah. I think my to. philosophy like, not, don't, 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 don't eat a piece of bacon. Don't eat a piece of bacon. My philosophy about the customer <laughs> um, is just like no, like no, no, every just, other kidding. word on this planet, it was created and it was given a meaning. Period, and just because they may not put it in the in the dictionary doesn't mean it's not a word. We use right. words to communicate with one another, and if I say yes. "f you," you understand what I'm communicating to you. You know what I mean? Now, you know, you know what's it's crazy though. Some people don't understand the power that words have. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Like uh, I, I know people personally that think this is acceptable. And if you think this is acceptable, that's that's fine too, right? Just don't do it around me. Right. True. People think it's acceptable to curse you out. Yeah. And then just come around you like it's nothing. 
right? Like, like if I have to curse you out, trust, <laughs> trust me, I don't want to be around you ever. I, it's, it's never going to be a time where I'm going to curse you out and then be like, you know what? You're right. I want to be around you again. So, because if I got to curse you out, we, we already... Yeah, started. what I would say about that is that that's kind of what we were talking about a little bit earlier, which is on awareness and mindfulness. So cussing you out. So my friend Kim Ness and Kim Y, if I have to cuss you out, it really means we're not friends. And I don't have any respect for you. And I am not only not aware of our relationship but i'm not Mm. mindful in the way that Mm. i speak to you and i'm not mindful in the way that we're interacting so that's a that's another podcast that's about people's behavior and that's and how we treat one another so yeah no i won't be cussing you out but i might curse around you on occasion (laughs) That, that was that's really you know interesting um our conversation and you know again on this show you know, we like to give people their flowers while they're still alive. So, you know, we want to thank you for, you know, having this conversation with us today. You know, we touched on a lot of things. Um, we learned a lot of things um, from you and we yeah, would I mean, love so to, things we didn't you know, upon. do this conversation again uh, with you at you some know, point. I think we talked um, about like but it, it was. I got retreat stories. Absolutely. I got this. We could talk for hours. We'd be on here for hours. A good. <laughs> oh, so give us one. Kimwa always loves a good story. Well, my story. retreat so story. I'm how about you take us out with a good counts. retreat This is the only story. one that counts. Okay. This is the only one that counts. And the reason it counts is because <laughs> the only I <laughs> liked a lot of experiences in the society. But the one experience that I hated was the retreat. I spent the entire year uh-huh. uh, dreading when the retreat was actually coming up. And the reason, yes, and the reason was because I was unnaturally really? afraid of bugs. And I literally um, just did oh not want gosh. to do the retreat because I, obviously, as you know, it was like in the middle of nowhere uh, and and we were in cabins that were like, I mean... We were not glamping. Right. So that was also another experience. I felt, I felt, Kness, like that experience was spiritually beneath <laughs> so we're not glamping. And I was appalled that our parents were taking part in it. And it really? started with the bugs. So I was like, these bugs are driving me nuts. I literally feel like I'm being terrorized. And I don't know if you really? remember, but there was always this one cabin that they called the boondocks. Do you remember that? There was a cabin that was down in a ravine and nobody ever wanted it. And every okay, year a different um, family would get it. Do you are do you recall that or no? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I Well, I, one year this is yes, the last year. Yes, yes and no, but yeah, attended, I, I understand what you're saying. We got that boondocks cabin and I knew right then and there that it had mm-hmm. to end. I was like my family is not hearing me. My my second family, <laughs> they're not hearing me. Who was going to be in the cabin with, with us? Right. And and I am not going to be a hostage to this situation uh-huh. this year. I will not be a hostage to it. So we 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 paid our money. We got really? that wow. that cabin in the boondocks. And I a week before we left for that retreat, I went to Home Depot, and I got. Bug grenades. These uh-huh. the, the the like the six pack of uh-huh. the super 
bombs that you put in your house that you then need to like fumigate. Mm -hmm. Like you probably need to move out of the house for like a week because the poison is so strong. And it's the ones that you like roll the canister on the ground. It's a bomb. It's essentially a bomb. The uh, <laughs> right, right, right. It's a bomb. essentially a bomb. And <laughs> I got into that. To roll it in there. And I'm with my bags and I'm seeing all these bugs. And it's just, it's like a horror film. It's like one bug after the next. It's mm. all I can see. It's all I can focus on. First day there. It was first. Yeah, it was like the first or the second day there. We may have slept there and I didn't do it because I was trying not to be excessive but then the second night mm -hmm. i couldn't take it i mean that cabin had bugs in it that i don't even think have been identified right, right, right. in human history i literally walked outside i took opened up that right. bag i took so two of those bombs i flicked those canisters and rolled them in without any warning to my family <laughs> <laughs> No one knew. No one knew. No one knew. Oh wow! I bombed so you didn't, they didn't know. There. I mean, there was no choice. They had to all. We we were all standing. We literally so couldn't what go in after there. That? Yeah, that was the end. That's when my parents. I think they realized. Oh, so okay, you sabotaged she's not the joint. Go to retreats anymore because she's operating. That was my last retreat. That was it. That was the end. Oh, Never wow. again. And that was your last retreat to go on a retreat. Wow. No, they didn't. Nope. They didn't. So did they go it. again without you or you was just like to one by wow. but I don't think so. No. No. I was terrorized. Because that's like I always had great times at the retreat. <laughs> like that was yeah. like my favorite part of growing up in a sense. And like the retreats was my thing. Like I, I enjoyed that stuff. And to this day I you know, sometimes if, if they, if they you know, have it and my mom's is out there, I'll just shoot because it's not far from me. I'll just shoot out there for the day right, and, right. And, and check it out and all totally that, you know, experience. those spiritual feelings yeah. come back to me I was having a totally way. different experience. I mean, I remember <laughs> for you, it's just like, no. <laughs> being social and getting wow. into the stuff that kids get into. But um, mm -hmm. I, even within that experience, mm -hmm. I was still also having my own experience. And, and yeah. And so I was like, Avita's aim to that. <laughs> uh. And good night. <laughs> Yo, so, uh, yeah. So G.I. Jane over there. <laughs> uh, bombing out, bombing out the retreat. You know, I, 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 you know how people get ready for war? Exactly. Was that how you were in the mirror? That was exactly it. I was ready for war. These people were not <laughs> respecting me and they were not listening to me that I was being terrorized at the retreat. So I had to take matters into my own hands and pull a Demi Moore. Pull a, <laughs> a Demi Moore. <laughs> so, so listen though, so we, we did talk about you not having a memorable time at the retreat. Were there any memorable times that you had uh, growing up before high school? Oh, yeah. I mean, there I had memorable times at the retreat um, in terms of like, I remember us all running through the forest and doing the things that we were doing. But I overall, like, I think I measure experience by like, what's like my number one, like, where does the experience start? And it started with those bugs. So I just wasn't feeling it. I, I literally was like, we could do this, but in Brooklyn, where we're not being terrorized. So, yeah, no, I, for me, my childhood was amazing. I, I, 
I had amazing experiences even through high school and definitely in college. So, yeah, I've had (laughs) definitely in college. Now, I I happen to know (laughs) what college you went to, but you want to tell the people what college you went to? Uh, Well, I started at Morgan State. You started. Yeah, you didn't finish. You didn't. I didn't. I didn't finish there. I finished here in the city at a CUNY school. Um, So so let's talk about Morgan State for a second, though. Yeah. Because a lot of people might not know. HBCU. HBCU. Yeah, definitely, yes. definitely. And I didn't even know it was. And, and, and I used to be out there frequently. Yeah. But so when you were out there, was it a party school? Because that's all I hear Yes, about. it was. It was that's super par- exactly what it was. Did, did you have a good time? I did. <laughs> so much so <laughs> that I needed to transfer <laughs> so that I could focus on my stuff. So what, what, what was you doing out there? Because you, I remember you as a nice, wholesome young lady. <laughs> So here's a, here's a better question, right? Because I don't right. think we got time to go down the list of what she was doing. What right. weren't you doing? You understand what I'm? Um, I didn't rob anybody. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, maybe then it depends on how you look at it. Facts. Well, I I just yeah I don't know. <laughs> I can't, there's nothing. I can't say nothing. <laughs> Statue of limitation. Robert B. Hauser. The statute of limitations is over. <laughs> no, so from your laughter, it sounds like you had a really good time out there. I had a very good time. Now, I had now, a very good time. Baltimore City is one of those cities that's a, I guess I got a love-hate relationship with. But mm-hmm. uh, Baltimore. I love that city. Fells Point, shout out. Yeah, it is, a, it is a pretty interesting place to be in. Now, I want to switch gears because we did talk about the Willoughby crew a little earlier. Yes. And... We didn't shout anybody out in, in the Willoughby. We did not. Oh, you know who I want to shout out, though? Shout Please out. do. Shout out uh, R.I.P. to the beautiful, beautiful soul, uh, Mootman Nettert. She was a, a guiding force also in my life in terms of uh, she definitely taught me what it means to, to be in God's grace, to be... Um, to be graceful, you know, that's, that's, mm-hmm. that's, she taught me that. That's, that's good stuff. Now, you know, um, Ottawa Manetter is definitely, rest in peace, definitely yes. a friend of the show. And yes. so a few weeks ago, we was, I was talking about this to Kem Ness. And I want to see if you feel the same way about this particular thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know how some people have just the one name. Yes. Right? So if I was to say, like, Prince, you, everybody know who I'm talking about. Not Prince right. Charles or anything, but Prince Rogers Nelson, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So I believe that when we were coming up in the society, there was a person that had the one name thing, right? Mm. And if I was to say to you, specifically, Naima, if me, Kenwa, was to say to you, or the Watt said, I would be talking about which person? Ottawa Minetter. Ottawa Minetter. See, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we, we feel this yeah. way because she's definitely a friend of the show. And, and she, you know, she did a lot for me is coming up when I was in school. And I yeah, think that's and dope. I think um, the reason why she got that one name is out of respect. Definitely. Like, mm-hmm. everybody just really respected her um, and her contribution, but also her viewpoint about life and Mm -hmm. she was always fair and she always listened at least that's just my experience um but just somebody that just like really was about god's grace i don't even know how else to describe it like 
it always seemed to me that even though maybe she didn't agree with certain things, that she just handled it in a very graceful way. Definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, Facts. And even down to the moment of her, and I, I mean, I wasn't at her bedside, so I don't know how she handled, I don't know how she transitioned, but I do remember growing up when she was um, having health issues and she sometimes would be in pain. You could see that she was in pain. She just handled that with grace. And that is something that I will always remember about her. And wherever her spirit is, blessings for that. Definitely, definitely. She definitely was a soldier. She definitely pushed through it. Yeah. But we uh, kind of got off topic here because we, we started did. talking about her. And we didn't right. mention your crew. And this is what right. I want to say before we mention your crew. Yes. Because this is crazy. There's a person that's in your crew. And I don't even know how this guy is a part of this crew. But whenever you guys get together, right? This guy is always there. Really? And I, and I sound a little jealous. Well, because I actually lived on Willoughby Avenue, right? That's okay. what I'm telling you. And I'm not even a part of that crew. That's crazy because I don't even know who that guy is. So you also may be delusional. <laughs> I, I, I'm not, who is that guy? The only person I think of is Seiki. No, no, because Seiki is a part I of that crew. I never have seen that okay. dude. I haven't seen that dude since we all left Willoughby. So it cannot be. Mm. I have not hung out. That I remember. I'm talking about Sasta Maflirt, right? Oh, this, Sasta. This, <laughs> <laughs> no, this guy, and, and I'm, I'm tripping, but am I, Yo, am I wrong about that? Is you he, are not wrong, and to be quite honest, I think the reason why I didn't even connect, and yo, that's crazy. I, you know what? Honestly, Kemal, your ass should move back to New York. I don't even know what to say. You would be invited <laughs> if you was here in New York. Instead, you would move to the Midwest, which is, like, not a thing. Like, right. I could never have guessed that you would move to the Midwest. So, for me, I, I can't say you can't be jealous of him. He's here in New York. He gets the invites. <laughs> no, no. It's, it's, just, it's just jokes, but that, that's pretty dope <laughs> that he's a part of that crew. Oh, that's hilarious. But but so so we we're not we haven't named anybody that's a part of that crew. Yeah, we haven't because honestly, I don't really even think we have a crew. Like for me, yeah, but y'all do. I don't think of it like that. Yeah, y'all no, do. So it's interesting to hear that point of view. Let me tell you who your crew is, since you don't want to. He's he gonna tell you. <laughs> I'm gonna I tell know. you who you hang out with. <laughs> <laughs> no, so so when I think of the Willoughby Avenue crew, right? I think yeah. of, I think of the Leonard's. Yes. Right. The Kambashambas. Yes. Correct. And the DeGrants. Correct. Right. And say exactly. Kimon Allow is a part of that by default. But, yes. Um, but that's that's who I think of when I think of the Willoughby Avenue crew. And when I see you guys hanging out, Sasa is always there. That's you know, I'm just mentioning that. But I, I think that that's a pretty dope relationship that you guys have. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it's so funny because it's not just um I mean, I can name up a couple of other people that I still like Rukia. Sasu Menon. Mm-hmm. Sasu Menon. Men, was it Menhation? Sasu. I, oh, she man, will tell me. It. Yeah, I can't. I can't think of it, but she will definitely. She definitely knows it. Um, Sasu Menon Menhation. Exactly. We there we go. There we go. There we go. Um, yeah. No. So I like. There's a couple of people that I think I still speak to on a regular basis, and I think it's not only like spiritual, but it geographically that has a huge bearing on it. Facts. It's like, I think um, people, like I speak to that crew probably more often than I speak to my own brother. Wow. And he lives in LA. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I mean? And it's not to say that I don't speak to my brother often, but I would say that I speak to like Azania. Longa moved out there too, so I don't speak to him. I speak to him even less. Um, so yeah, I think it's a geographic. Honest. That's what's up now. Now, being as though you guys are close, right? Yep. I, I wonder if it was a time when there were people that you were close with that you didn't have around the circle, right? And if, if that wasn't a, something that happened, was that a big adjustment for you to make or was it an adjustment for, for that person to make or how did that work out? You mean people from outside of Osero set? Yes. Like maybe of... people in your personal life or... Got it. Yeah. Like maybe people I picked up along the way in right, college exactly. or high school. Or, or boyfriends or whatever. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, like, well, first off, I'm an energy person. Right. So I don't surround myself with people that I know I couldn't bring around just anybody, you mm-hmm. know, because all the people that I'm hanging around with are very much just connected to the fact that I'm an energy person. So when maybe there were moments, honestly, my take on this, and we've talked about this a couple of times, I guess, amongst the crew, where it's like, I would bring people around that I knew weren't going to make it. <laughs> what? I'm just going to talk so for you. Me. Were I'm not self-sabotaging? It wasn't necessarily self-sabotaging. It was just kind of like, I'm like a... Uh, like let's say Kim that's like let's say you're the outsider mm-hmm. and you and I me and I vibe with you mm-hmm. and then and then Kemwa and I are besties from Osero Set going way back mm-hmm. right and I know that we're gonna do a party. Well I know for sure knowing what I know of Kim Ness, we're not really gonna make it. But I'm vibing with you in that moment. So I being that that party is next week I might invite you mm-hmm. over to the party but I know we're not really gonna make it. Oh, so you already knew you weren't going to make it, and then you invite them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, okay. I, it was it. I guess that that was the, I guess, irrelevant part of it, which mm-hmm. is like okay. I just, I just knew that we weren't going to make it. Like I knew, okay, we're not going to be friends for long. But I'm digging mm-hmm. your energy right now, so let's see. And I'm also willing to give people the space. Okay. To 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 not fall within my own judgment. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like. Mentally, I in my mind, I might be like, "Oh, this ain't this ain't it." <laughs> okay, so question it. that 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 brings up a good point because we talked about this on another show, and you know, we the consensus. I don't know if this is how you feel or not, but w- do you think it would have been better, right? Not talking about anybody in particular, but to have gotten with somebody that already understood the community or understood your your childhood. Absolutely not. You don't think that would have been better? No, not for me, because Mm. I would tell you for me, I'm like mentally, emotionally, spiritually, I'm, my mind is, is, is like global. You know what I mean? Uh I mean, I, at this particular point in my life, I'm also thinking beyond just this planet. Like, I'm like, I find Elon Musk intriguing and everything he's doing because I'm like, yeah, what's next? Like, where are we going next? You know, mm-hmm. so that's the way my mind thinks. And so for me, I I could not, I thinking back to everyone that I knew, and let's just only talk from a partner, potential partner perspective for me, 
it would have been any of the guys, right? Any of the guys from a partner perspective. I cannot think of one person. Well, that's what I mean. Not one, not one particular person, but someone that may have been raised the way you were. Somebody that was maybe in a con community or Yoruba community. That just I can't even think that... of anybody in that community. It's I don't just, think it's I've really ever more... met one person that thought beyond like that energy right there. You know what I mean? So, so for me, I just, I gel. We're all friends, right? We're Definitely. family. We're, we're like family. Okay. They're like, we, I think we could call a spade a spade and say we're, we're like family. Mm-hmm. But what I have wanted to make that a lifetime experience, me always mm-hmm. looking at your face. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, no disrespect to anybody, you know? No, no, no. We're not talking about anybody in particular. We're just talking about the 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 experience. experience. Yeah, I even think, like, thinking outside of of that society that we grew up in, Uh um, I think, like, could there have been someone who is in spiritual culture, like African spiritual culture? Uh And it's like, I don't know, yo. My experience... (laughs) Is that I meet half of the people are insane, and then the other half. <laughs> but you are okay. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying the other half that's okay. Mm-hmm. You just gel with them on the level of yo, you're cool, I'm cool, right, you're right, cool, right. and that's it. Okay. But am I trying to make you my wife or my husband? Mm-hmm. Oh, so nah. no polygamy for you then. Hell no! <laughs> Hell no! Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> So let me ask you this question. Oh, tell me something. Tell me say, something. Let, let me tell you something. I've, I've had the conversation because whenever I speak about my upbringing to people outside of this community and I share this with them, I always mention the polygamy thing. And it's so interesting because men always get excited like, oh, word. And I'm like, mm, let me just tell you, I'm not down. And the reason I'm not down is because for me... There's a couple of things. One, deep down, I'm selfish. I'm working through that. I'm working through that. I'm selfish and I'm territorial. So I'm working through that, right? But that's, that's like my own life path journey, whatever. We put that aside. Let's just say I could put it aside and do like a HBO big love experience, right? Right. Okay. I also know for sure mm-hmm. I've been in experiences with, with, with another person. Like meaning with another person and then there was another person. So okay. with two people. Mm-hmm. What like I was... an open relationship. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's exactly what they call it, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, so, no, no, no. So what do you call it? That's what that is No, that... no. It was a open it was an open relationship, but the way that I look at that is for me. I'm just gonna tell you what my thoughts about it is and what I learned in that situation. I was very open in that situation. And I was like, okay, you want an open relationship? Great, let's do it. Because I come from a polygamous background. I'm feeling This is easy. This is easy. I could do this. And it was But everybody else wasn't open. It was was easy. It was easy. It was easy in the sense that I already had the, the, the preconceived programming. Right? I already had the programming for it. But what I realized spiritually, this is for me. Not for anybody else, it's for me. Spiritually, there are lessons and experiences that you learn when you devote yourself to one person. 
there are lessons and experiences that you have when you are in multiple relationships at the same time. The two don't necessarily cross, hardly ever. As a person who's monogamous and you're devoted to that person, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to wrap this back to another frame of thought, what you experience and what you learn about yourself on a spiritual level is not the same thing as when you are sharing your energy with multiple people at the same time. Mm. It's a totally different experience. Neither one is better than the other. It's just a different experience. Now, take out the person and think about it this way. Uh-huh. If you are devoted to Islam, that is a different experience than if you are devoted to Islam, Christianity, and uh, uh, being a Buddhist. Right. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The devotion level and the lessons that you learn in that experience are completely different. Mm-hmm. And that's, how, that's what I learned. So then eventually I was the one who was just like, you know what, guys, this has been real. I am not on this road that you guys are on. I actually find it very easy to be in a polygamous relationship and could do that with my eyes closed because it just doesn't require the level of devotion that it would if you go with one person. So for me, in my spiritual journey, I'm very devoted to that journey. So I'm also looking for other experiences that match that. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. That makes perfect sense. And I'm glad you you started talking about your spiritual experiences because uh, earlier you mentioned or alluded to the fact that you were a minister. Yes. And so that's like a perfect segue so we could talk about your ministry, if that's okay. Like, so... Do you do you belong to a, a church, an organization, or how does that work? Um, so eventually, well, that's a good question. So eventually I, um, I, okay, let me back up. So this was not something that I just was like, oh, yes, I'm, I'm dreaming of being a minister. That's not how it happens. I was literally sitting on my couch two years ago, flipping through the television dial, and all of a sudden, for lack of a better word or even time to explain it to you, I was hit with, I don't know, a calling, I guess. I don't really like to use that word, but sure, we'll say a calling. And no matter how much I tried to ignore it, it got louder and louder and louder to the point where it affected my health physically. So it wasn't until I accepted what was being communicated to me by the ancestors or spirit or God or whatever you want to call it, I was not able to even function. Wow. I had like a migraine. It was just, it was crazy. That's a whole nother show and conversation. Um, but then I, I took the steps. Um, I enrolled into school, um, did everything legally, enrolled into school, and I'm currently in seminary school. And I chose, after doing many interviews um, with a bunch of different faiths, I chose the interfaith uh, I guess you, they don't say religion. They say interfaith practice. And the interfaith practice, they're one of the fastest growing spiritual practices on the planet. Okay. They focus on love as their key factor. And I'll explain that. The red thread in their belief system is love. Meaning that if you are a Buddhist, if you are a Hindu, if you are a Muslim, if you are uh, whatever your belief system is, 
that the common thread that brings us together on this planet to be able to exchange ideas and talk about how we live with one another on this planet is love. So they approach everything through that lens. And after interviewing um, within, that, within that faith, I fell in love with it. And I was just like, that speaks to my spirit. Because I was never really a person who was like, okay, I'm Christian or I'm Catholic or I'm Yoruba or I'm a con, you know, that's just not me. Facts. I feel like um, we come from one source, one, one, one energy source, but how that is expressed on this planet comes through in our culture, our various different cultures. Um, so yeah, so I've been doing that now for the last year and a half. Um, and my intention with that is to be able to help people <laughs> along their path, basically along their life paths, Right. how that comes into play. I don't yet know. People keep asking me, Oh, are you going to start a church? Which I'm like, ah, I came from that background. I don't know that I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I don't really know how this plays out right counseling, now. Counseling, be a counselor. Or... Yeah. There's um, mm-hmm. counseling services. Um, a couple of the ministers that I work with already, um, they work for the UN. They do a lot of work globally um, for underprivileged communities around the world. So there's a lot that, they, that can be done. I just don't yet know what that is. But right now, while I'm in school, I do have clients, um, people that I counsel um, on sometimes a weekly basis on sort of what they need to do to move forward with their life experiences. Facts. That's dope. Um, since COVID is, has, um, well, not only COVID, but it's like COVID, financial fallout, humanitarian crisis, a.k.a. Uh, Black uh, Lives Matter. <laughs> um, the world's ending. The world is ending. <laughs> yeah. And, and people are feeling that. You know what yeah. I mean? People are feeling People are that. feeling a shift, a shift in a whole bunch of, you know, different areas. Yeah. And and it's needed. You know, we were we were all too complacent. Yes. We were all too comfortable. Correct. Um things were getting swept under the rug. Correct. Um so now it you know, everything in in, in you know, your goals have to change. Uh, I know my goals have changed completely. What I thought I wanted is not really what I want. You Correct. Know what I mean, it's it's more of a basic necessity of things and everything that I thought, you know, has changed yeah. in, in some way. And that's the energy. Actually, if you even look at, I mean, you could pick something very simple as astrology. From the from an astrological perspective, Saturn and Capricorn are ruling 2020 and their entire goal is to be the taskmaster, to teach us about the things that we have not been doing to call us to task, to make us culpable and responsible. So it's, I mean, this year ain't over. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. This year ain't over. I'm I'm, I'm hungering in, hungering down is what they say. You know what I mean? Yeah. This year is not over. So I, a lot of people have um, reached out to me. Um, I, I, I will tell you like about conserving my energy not mm-hmm. spreading my energy too thin uh, with with people, um, which is also making me kind of rethink where I thought I may have been going. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and so it's very interesting. The energy is very interesting. So you said it made you rethink where you thought you were going. So where are you going? Like, what was your plans for the future? I mean, I, to be honest, I thought that, so I have a plan. I, I do have a plan. I have to say, I do have a plan, but, um, you know, they say, don't tell your plans until you're actually there. That's like, right. I'm not going to tell you I'm working on the Grammy. You just got to see me on the Grammy. Right. <laughs> I see you. I see you. You know what I mean? So I You're just working on personal progression. That's exactly, that's all. <laughs> exactly. No, no, and that's the truth. I'm I'm very no, much, of course. Um working on my personal progression and mm-hmm. you know, I like I love my my day job. I love working in marketing and I love driving cultural strategy for mm-hmm. a global brand. Um that brings a lot of um uh I guess joy to my heart is what I would say. Um, but then I also, I'm not just my job, you know what I mean? Right, absolutely. Um, and I think when even it came to those things outside of my job, um, and I would say also even in, in my job, even in my job where I thought, okay, I could see this trajectory, this is where I'm going. Energy came in and kind of flipped the script, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I never would have guessed that I would have been helping to build a diversity team. You know what I mean? That that's not something I wasn't being like, yeah, that's what I want to do at Remy. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um Yeah, it's so important, you know, that that you don't become your job. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. One, because so many people, you know, they, they put so much self worth in what they do. Correct. Um, but it's more about your self care. Correct. You know what I mean? You could you could do whatever you want and be the best at it, but if you don't care for yourself and take a little bit of time for your own personal growth then it, it's really all worthless correct um so that, correct. that self-care is so important people used to i used to tell people about that and they they used to you know kind of laugh at me but <laughs> that that inner peace man that, that yeah that inner needed. peace is way more important than anything you because me personally i can sit under a bridge with nothing and still have inner peace right <laughs> you and know what that I mean? that is a um that is an experience that sometimes takes a lifetime for people to understand. That's right. They say so, he, he who is deaf, dumb, and blind lives a thousand years in peace. Yes, yes, yes. And so I, for me, I think I've realized that everyone around me is also having the same experience. Mm. Um, you know, everyone at, at my job is having that experience in the sense that, you know, we've all had to adjust to a new way of living. Mm-hmm. COVID, financial fallout, Black Lives Matter. That all together is a lot mm-hmm. for people to handle. And we've had to adjust working from, you know, working from home. That's the biggest thing. Oh, yeah. Um, when you walk outside, not having the freedom to walk around the way that we always have mm-hmm. been conditioned to. And, then, you know, that's another thing. Working through our conditionings. Yes, right. Mm. That is the motto for 2020. When they ask you what you did in 2020, it's I worked through my conditionings. That put is, it on a t-shirt. Put it on a t-shirt, exactly. You know, so so that's what I'm also being faced with, even though I'm, you know, sharing my thoughts and, and sort of ways of thinking and looking at the world with you guys. Um, but even like for me, I'm still recognizing also that I'm having to do the same thing, which is you know, tackle those conditionings and really look at things from a different perspective. So, yeah, I would say that's where I'm going. I'm trying to get to the, 
what is Buddha like the enlightenment? You no know doubt. Mean? Floating above the trees. <laughs> no doubt. That's that's the only way to be. Because well, you know that was really really insightful. You know what I mean? This was a a great conversation that we had. You know, we touched on a lot of things today, and you know, we really yes. appreciate you. You know, your time. And, yes, you your know, time and. And it was it was awesome catching up with you. Thank you, thank you. It was a pleasure. We say this uh, often on on this show, and and it, and it feels good to have it be from a female this time, right? Thank you. Because when we chop it up, we always say it's like we never left. Yes. And 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 this conversation was like we probably saw each other last week or something like that. Correct. I mean that that's Correct. the energy that I got from the call, and it, it was dope for me. And I, I just wanted to appreciate you publicly yeah thank you thank you so much for having me it was an absolute pleasure uh we i would say we need to see each other more but i'm never going to come to minnesota i want you to know that um it looks like shit is wild out there hey don't be don't be don't feel bad because i ain't going out there listen don't don't trip i've been out here for a long time ain't nobody never come to see me well uh, let me not let me not say that Uh, i'm gonna give a shout out to my man that actually did come out here to visit me Okay. Twice. Shout out to the shout out to that guy. To that, yeah, uh, to that. Well, I'm gonna say his name too. Uh, we we know this guy, uh, Matu uh, Middleton. Oh, Matu. Matu. Yeah. Matu yes. Middleton. Shout out to Matu Middleton. And Dutch That's came awesome. out here. I forgot. I forgot Dutch was out here too once uh, on a business trip. He 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 shouted me out. But uh, Matu awesome. just came out here on on you know on the strength, and that's dope. That's awesome. That's awesome because I will see you in New York or anywhere else on the planet. <laughs> um, we can also do Zoom and FaceTime. That's what's Absolutely. up. No, but you know, we've been getting people on the show and uh, we've been mentioning that the next time we do have a, a first generation get together, we would love to see you there. Yes, Absolutely. Most definitely. And like, like Hawaii or something. That's, that's awesome. what we're trying to do. We want to do a cruise, but then, you know, all this craziness. I don't so do cruises, we don't, but you don't sure. do cruises? Have you ever I been don't. on a cruise? My ancestors came over on a cruise <laughs> and uh, we're good. <laughs> we're good. Yes. Listen, listen I'm, I'm, I'm tripping right funny. now because we got sisters. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I just, this is a private conversation we was having, but her daughter is the bougie bonton over there. Like it's, it's... <laughs> 1,000%. All right, so, 1, we, we, so you ain't going to make it on the cruise. We have to do something not. else. Yeah, we got to do not. something else. No, we're going to figure something else out, though. We're going to figure a retreat. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. It's okay. I'm very much prepared. I got bonds. <laughs> no doubt. Well, this is a great show, guys. And don't forget, if you like what you're hearing, um, get the word out. Share this with a friend. We're on all platforms: Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Anchor. Um, you know, tell a friend. Tell a friend. That's right. Spread love. It's the Brooklyn way, baby. Absolutely. We'll, don't forget. We'll check on you guys next time. Don't forget to meditate and let it marinate. See you later. Uh, Cross over, but don't sell out. Peace. Peace. Mm-hmm. Now have a good evening. <laughs>